Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and happy Thursday. Hope that everyone is happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are today. A little drizzly here in Chicago as we uh, kind of head into the the New Year's Eve weekend. I don't know what kind of plans folks have. I will be performing at Memories Ballroom in Port Washington. And uh, if, you, if you feel like leaving town or if you are uh, perhaps in Wisconsin or in that area and want to join us, it'll be a fun night of comedy with the Chicago-style stand-ups. It's going to be Jimmy McHugh, Des Mulrooney, Katie Miners, and myself. And we'll be uh, ringing in the new year with uh, great food, great neighbors in, in Wisconsin, and and I'm really looking forward to that. So let me know if you guys, uh, what your plans are. Are you just, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is just uh, let the amateurs have the roads and uh, stay somewhere cozy and fun with uh, friends and family. Or are you uh, doing it up big and going out for a big celebration at a party? Let me know. 773-763-9278. I, uh, I, I do enjoy... Uh, you know, reflecting on what's happened in the last year, looking forward to 2024 and what we anticipate um, in some ways. I mean, I have a lot of anxiety going into 2024 as all of the campaigns gear up uh, for the pre- in particular the presidential election. But of course, there are a lot of important campaigns and elections going on uh, in our neck of the woods as well as the rest of the country. And it really will determine the path of our democracy. And I stumbled across a story, you know, I usually am trying to find uh, topics to talk about what's going to be top of mind. And of course, you know, the story with Nikki Haley, it's not, it's not what I want to focus on, but as a historian and in particular, my focus as an undergraduate at the University of Illinois was um, the Civil War in particular. I did, paper, I did a paper, my um, honors thesis was on women in the Confederacy, uh, and we won't go into any of those uh, details, but um, if you're not familiar with this story yet, uh, last night during an event, Nikki Haley was asked what the Civil War was about, and she said, Essentially, she was like, what do you want me to say about slavery? Right. And she's now gone on. In in that moment, she said it was about how people want to live their lives. Yeah. The people in the South wanted to own slaves. That was the, that was the way of life they wanted. Today, she's trying to clean it up. She was at another event. Looked like it was maybe at a library. And uh, she went back to it and was trying to say that uh, it was about it was. Yes, of course. If you ask me, it's always yes, it's slavery. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I just didn't say it in the moment. Uh, she said, but she said, but there's not. Is it, no, no, no. You get, all of the states. Look, the, the declaration of this of secession from most of the states of uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, South Carolina. The states had in their articles of secession that they needed to protect slavery. That non-slave owning states were trying to control the way they lived. So yeah, to her point, yeah, they, they people wanted to live the way they wanted by owning black people. And then, of course, that sent me on a deep dive of like all the the denialism that's going on, not wanting to talk about slavery. I mean, she you could tell she was just afraid to tick off the base that she's trying to create, possibly trying to peel off some Trump voters. And then you have all these nimrods on social media. Well, it was Democrats that owned slave 
they were it was Democrats. Okay, fine. You know what? Here, you know what? Democrats started the Civil War to trip up Nikki Haley. That was our long game, folks. You caught us. Is <laughs> it? Fine. Fine. It was them. They were Democrats that, that wanted to own slaves and, and started the Civil War, wanted to secede, shot them for it. So fine. All of that stuff. Then let's tear down those Democrats. So their statues. Let's take down the tributes to General Lee, Lee and to Jefferson Davis. Take them down. We are good with that. Take those Democrats down. Anyway, that was not what I intended to start. <laughs> it just it makes me so. In, in, <laughs> okay. So the well to that, uh, I did not realize, you guys, that in Germany there is a, a group not unlike the rabid extreme right that is following Trump off a cliff. There is a group of people uh, right now. They estimate it's between two thousand and five thousand uh, Germans who refuse to believe. They do not accept the government that was established in nineteen forty five, post World War Two. They do not like modern era, era Germany. Uh, they do believe in the supremacy of the German, the white race, the Aryan race. Uh, they are gobbling up huge amounts of land. They are opening up their own schools, their own businesses. They've created their own constitution. Uh, they are essentially cr- creating a parallel society. And I was thinking, I mean, we, we've known for years that there are militias in the United States uh, who want to overthrow the United States government. And I, I, this is one of those, I, I don't know if we should know these. I mean, we yes, we should know these things This because sometimes it feels as though this is happening to us, right? This feels very personal when we see Americans storming our Capitol on January 6th or out there denying any, any so much of our history and saying, well, black people actually liked being slaves and they learned to trade and it. it turned out to be a good thing for them. Um, I don't know why I'm using any of these voices. It's just the, what I have in my head right now. But it's because it, there's so much insanity out there to know that uh, there is another group, very similar, a large group of people. And, and they have like these ceremonies. Their leader, they call King. We've seen with uh, Trump supporters that they believe he is anointed by God. Essentially, they want him to be a... Lady B, am I scaring you with this talk about what's happening? Did you know about this? I did not know about this. They are absolutely um, creating their own society, which I like it's one thing to want to live your own way. Let me see. Let me hit B. Is it this one? Is it A? Let me see if I can hear you. I did not know. Should, should we know? Is it is it is it better that I just told you this is happening? Does it kind of is it, I guess it's better to know. That there are, and we kind of instinctually know that there are pockets of populations around the world that want everyone else to live the way they do. It's one thing to peel off and and want to live off the grid. You know, our friend uh, Brendan Hennigan was telling us the other day about this kind of uh, area in New Mexico, Slab City, where people live off the grid. They've created their own sort of, you know, they they do. It's called lawless, but the police will come by and make sure everything's okay, and they'll address significant things. I, I think that's one thing, but to th- but to create a parallel society and ultimate with the ultimately with the intent to overthrow the existing government, which is what people here want to do. They think that 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 we are. It's a that it is no longer their government here in the United States, which is why they didn't care about storming the Capitol. Right. They believe everything's been stolen from them. Correct. This, should I talk about happier things, Lady B? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Yeah, I. But all this is a factual thing that they do believe, for some strange reason, that it was everything was stolen from them. Yeah, and it's I don't know what are their their train of thoughts, how they think. I don't know. Do they believe on it in the in the Constitution? Out. Oh, I, I, only if it's the Second Amendment. <laughs> I mean, do they believe in it? I mean, um. <laughs> Well, even just hearing what uh, former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, said in regards to slavery yesterday in the Civil War, uh, they want to they want to have power and they will do it at all costs. Right. So manipulating people and and in this these pockets in Germany, you know, they've created an atmosphere of fear for anyone who doesn't agree with them. And, and the, look, this is how, you know, the, like the, when they brought, you know, religious groups to the United States in order to uh, Christ, you know, bring Christianity to the Native Americans in order to make them bend to the will of those who were then going to rule. Um, I mean, they, this idea that you have to go and, and be an, an apostle and an acolyte, uh, again, go to, go to create a place like Slab City, right? Get your and if they want to have rural land and, and create their own communities, but the idea that nobody else can think differently. This is something I wanted to. Uh, I've been trying to, you know, late at night when I'm trying to drift off and, and, I, and I'm falling asleep now to episodes of Friends, <laughs> so I don't think about these things. But my mind will go back to like ultimately what's hard, I think, to accept Lady B, right? Is, is we continue people like you and I, you, like you and me whatever the right pronouns are, uh, is that it's hard for us to accept how incredibly cruel some people are and how far they are willing to go. That's, I guess that's what it comes down to. I, I don't live well with injustice. It, it bothers me. And yet there's so much of it. In every single moment, someone is a victim of injustice in whatever way. I, I, I agree. And, it, and every, every day when I see something... That goes wrong, the, uh, the unjust. Yeah. And and I say to myself, what, what year we are in? Yeah. Well, and listening to the conversation that, that Turi was having about Israel and Palestine and Hamas, you know, that, that it is Hamas that's doing this. And, and you know, there are Palestinians who agree, there are Palestinians who don't. Again, though, the leaders of Hamas are not in Palestine. They are living on yachts and in luxury apartments and houses. Benjamin Netanyahu, these are leaders who have, you know, manipulated and controlled their populations. And and I, I do want to remind folks, I mean, this is the danger that we are looking at at 2024. I guess that's what I'm, it's coming down to, what I'm, I'm trying to articulate is that we have people in this country who want to overthrow this government? They they think that they they hate teachers unions because they hate that there that there's the uh, abil- ability to teach critical thinking, and, and that includes the full truth of our history, right? They they want to they want to manage that so that what there are a whole thing is about how they don't want them to feel bad. It's not that they want them to feel bad; it's that they don't want them to be informed enough to not do it again. That to me is always the what seems to be the end game is to withhold that history so that you can do it again so that you can control people so that you can enslave people so that you can we are seeing women being forced to carry out pregnancies 
to their own danger, to the risk of their lives and their future ability to have babies. It's it, it, the, it's all cruel. The cruelty is the point. So, what are you? What's on your mind, folks? <laughs> With that upbeat beginning of the show, I, I what I, I the other thing is that like it's just I know that I should accept it and acknowledge and go, yep, there are cruel and unjust people in the world, and so we have to figure out like what is it that's going to keep our our energy going, our motivation going for resisting that. That's what we've talked about since Trump won was to resist. And and yet the people who were the victors were the most violent. <laughs> Lady B, I feel like I'm freaking you out a little bit. Uh, let's talk movies when we come back. <laughs> let's talk other things when we come back. We are driving at home. I want to thank our sponsors, Monaco Brewing Company. Kirk Bankstead had a, a big press conference today. I should probably, I don't know if he's available to give us a call, but he's uh, making some waves again in Wisconsin. We'll talk about that when we come back. Monaco Brewing Company, of course, providing some great brews and wines, coffees, soda pop. You can go to monacobrewingcompany.com and maybe shop for a great t-shirt, a baseball hat. Maybe you still have some gifts to get for some folks in your life. Follow his story and his journey on Facebook, Manaqua Brewing Company. That's Manaqua Brewing Company, and they'll be opening up their new venue in Madison in 2024. We also want to thank Warren Price from European U.S. Collision Center over at 4080 North Broadway. He will be in studio with us tomorrow, so if you have some car questions, uh, he will be joining us. And I believe committee woman Maggie O'Keefe will be joining us in studio, too. Definitely Warren will be here tomorrow. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Go to Kids Above all.org and support their mission to help children live happy, healthy, safe lives. I want to thank everyone who donated for their Christmas efforts. Uh, let's keep them going throughout the rest of 2024 as well. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. The Santita Jackson Show. There are other issues that all of these cases continue to unearth. The pay gap. Then you get credit call out of the blue. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to advocate for people who, for mere possession of marijuana, have been sitting in prison since the 90s. I cannot even tell you. I mean, the black people whose lives have been wrecked. The Latinos who've been wrecked. Poor people who've been wrecked because of possession. The Santita Jackson Show, weekday mornings at 6 on WCPT 820. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technograph Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Thank you for driving it home with us until 7 o'clock. Uh, we do have the phone lines open. And I got a text and we were talking a little bit about Nikki Haley, who uh, did not want to say that the Civil War was over slavery Uh it was about how people wanted to live. Yeah, they wanted to own slaves in the South. I don't know what they considered slaves to be the the 
the really the center of their economy. And yeah, the northern states benefited from it too. Yes, there were northerners, there were uh, states in the Union that also had slavery. That was that was the ideological battle that Abraham Lincoln was waging even before he became president. He had been thinking about this, working on it for for years. Had given speeches about it. Had talked in the 1830s about how uh, our next war. He said in the 1830s, our next war is going to be among ourselves because we could not survive we could not continue to be half slave owning and half not or wherever those numbers were and he detested the idea of selling slaves and yes his philosophy in regards to african americans to black people changed and it you know what that i've said this over and over again that is what it means to be a progressive is that you are willing to be open to new ideas new experiences and have that influence your opinion and your philosophy philosophy and that was what he did and that's how we have the 13th and 14th amendments of our constitution because abraham lincoln was willing to grow and change and that's what it means to be a progressive in my mind at least all right. Oh, somebody texted um, about Nikki Haley. It says something that Nikki Haley and other Republicans stop and have to ask. Can I tell my constituents the truth or do I need to craft a non-answer that keeps keeps the big lie going? Exactly. And uh, Jim in Chicago, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Teddy. Uh, first of all, in 1864, the Chinese Civil War ended. Twelve million people died in the Chinese Civil War. We lost about 750,000. So they had quite a brouhaha on their hands. But what I was going to say is, blessed are the peacemakers. And this thus this Middle East problem, before it spins out of control, I think Netanyahu wanted to bomb into Lebanon. You know, to get some of Hamas in Lebanon, which would have caused a real disaster. But uh, the president uh, seemed to put the kibosh on that. That was a small note in the news the last couple of weeks. And uh, just think of how how destructive uh, the frontliner for the GOP has been. He sent how many people to prison for four to 15 years? Uh, how many people are, uh, their careers are in tatters? Yep. Uh, who, who supported this person? He has no regard for, any, for his fellow man at all because he wouldn't, what is he, he's already been in the White House. What do you, what do you think he's going to do in the White House for four years? Is he gonna, do you think he's going to perform miracles in the White well, House? I mean, come yeah, on. Jim, Jim yeah. I was talking to a yeah. young person uh, and I was, my, I was caught off guard when I said, you know, it's going to be disastrous if Trump wins again. He, and this kid's about maybe 23 or 24 years old. And he said, uh, he said, ah, things will just go back to the way they were when he was president before. I mean, there are, you know, when Tim Hogan told us that the average person thinks about politics four minutes a week, like that, again, you and I and, and people who are ha- having these conversations and talking, we marinate in this. It's a, it's a great way for Stephanie Miller to describe this. Uh, but they, no, I think there are a lot of folks who don't have a sense of urgency when it comes to the elections next year. Well, if this character hasn't brought up people's uh, uh, realize that this man tried to overthrow the government. They don't, yeah. and not only that, but he, but he's put in fake electors. He's, how about these people who went to prison? They didn't go to prison because they were their library cards were uh, were, were overdue. They went to prison because they were deliberate. And these Christian uh, stations, you know, the Christians, so-called Christians, 
where are they coming from? I don't understand where they're coming from. I, I can't understand where they're coming from. Uh, Billy Graham, uh, years ago, they, most theologians that were worth their salt said, what is Billy Graham doing bumping into politics? What, he's yeah. got a lot of nerve bumping into politics. You know I mean? He's got no really? business being there. The church is, these are people that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pete, no, the, the churches saw an opportunity for growing their, their power by aligning themselves with far-right ex- extremist politicians. You know, Phyllis Schlafly yeah, tapped yeah. into that. Yep. He started with Billy Graham. He started with Nixon. And he started doing the the Nixon bit. And, uh, you know, I bless Nixon and uh, the, the right. Democrats are evil and that kind of thing. And you've got the southern states that, uh, you know, the red states that believe this. They get, they wake up their whole family votes Republican, 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 because they believe that the Democrats are evil, somehow right. evil. But they're, they, they don't pick up a history book. Nope. And see that they, they they you know they run the gamut from uh, every religion, Catholic to you name it. You know and all these. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden is a devout Catholic. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a devout Catholic. I don't see them uh, beefing about uh, the country. You follow me? Right. Anyway, Patty. Yeah. <laughs> What are we going to do? Anyway, we're going to hold our hands up, and you have a great New Year's. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Take care, Ben. <laughs> Take care, Take care Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that. It, it will look, every part of the country is going to be different as far as what messaging resonates with them. I do believe that showing it, maybe it's labor. I know I talked about this yesterday and, and Terry and I talked about it briefly in the hallway as she was leaving. I think that labor is one of the biggest stories of 2023. I think that labor unions won huge gains. The UAW negotiations uh, and the resulting contract will change the way uh, labor is treated for decades to come in the structure of the auto industry because even other companies, other auto manufacturers who were not a part of the strike immediately started to increase pay and protections for workers. Uh, you know, it was over 160,000 members of SAG-AFTRA that went on strike and held the line. And, and much to the uh, negative and, and impact of so many members, uh, and I talked to somebody, and not just the members, also, don't forget, we've talked about IATSE. They're all of our, our tech and, and stage, you know, all the people who are in charge of whether it's sound or the set construction, all, all the elements that make storytelling the magic that you see on the screen, uh, whether it's on television or in the movies or in theaters, uh, IATSE members have struggled tremendously. There have been a lot of efforts to make sure that they have uh, the support they need, whether it's food or money for housing and utilities. But uh, I have a I have a friend. I talked to a person who was a um, a um, location. A scout in Chicago, and we we have in Chicago we have the third lar- largest site for television and movies. We are only third to New York. It's Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, in large part because of the incredible tax breaks that we. Used. I believe it started under I don't know if it was Blagojevich or Quinn, but that's how we have uh, we have seen we have, we have all these studios producing things like all the Chicago Fire, Med, you know, PD, all those shows, plus movies that keep coming here because it is such a, a uh, just a great place to shoot. We have so much texture and, and 
uh, such a dynamic landscape. The series Fargo shot here for their uh, their season four, and there's a, a tremendous economy from that. And in 2023, because of the strike, unfortunately, it will be a 500 million dollar hit to the economy of Illinois, and that's just that's just in the revenue from the film industry. That doesn't include what people were making. And my friend who was a scene uh, a, a location scout, she had to leave the industry. She had, she had to sell her house uh, because and 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 I know that in, in the dark moments it was hard to reconcile with what labor was fighting for and what she was going through in a fundamental level. Uh, we talked to I'm sorry I'm talking about like you guys I had her on the show. Tony Arsley was telling us a few weeks ago she had to sell her home, move in with her mother, and find another career. This is going to be very hard and painful for a lot of families, and uh, we need to do our best to make sure that when we fight these battles with uh, with corporations, with executives who do not want to move the needle, because showing that uh, we can come to an agreement, you know, weakens their power. Well, the consolidation of wealth is it's not sustainable. The fact that point one percent of the wealthiest. Uh, don't pay their fair share in taxes, uh, are able to evade uh, what they even earn by buying by, sh- by share buybacks, uh, sending their money overseas. Uh, it, it, this is it, 2024 is going to be another big year for labor. And uh, I think that we need to remind folks that live in the poorest parts of our country that it's not because of what the president and what uh, Democrats have done is because of their state legislatures. When they won't move the needle on minimum wage in Iowa and continue to pay people $7.25 and then say that kids don't have to go to school five days a week. We'll only send them to school four days a week so can we, we can have them go to work in meat packing plants because we don't have enough labor because we won't allow people who are coming here from other countries to have work permits. I mean, that there's a kid in Wisconsin who will not be starting his school year after the new year. He died in a sawmill. Because he was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, driving to the sawmill, and then going to school. These are the stories we need to remind people in these communities that the powerful, that the wealthy, and the Republicans who have cut these deals for them are what is making their lives harder. That's that's just that's my thoughts, my two cents. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. What's on your mind? Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. What are, what's the messaging we need to remind folks in all parts of this country and why it, 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 the Democrats are the right choice? And it's not the lesser of two evils. Uh, I know that we've talked about that before. Um, I, I just I personally don't agree with that. I know that we make mistakes, uh, but the the goals uh, of the right are aligned with pain and cruelty and injustice. More in a moment. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. Folks, I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. Just for you. Sing with me, just like Jesus would do. And vote, 
gosh darn it. Oh, gosh darn Please it. Please vote, gosh darn it. Oh, gosh darn it. the American thing to vote, gosh darn it. Oh, gosh darn it. See that you vote, gosh darn it. Ah, oh, Getting into a tizzy. That's our good friend Steve Goody, who also uh, does our theme song, amongst other uh, great bits that you hear on the show. You can catch uh, Steve, Brad Tassel, and me every Monday night on the Virtual Comedy Show, 9 p.m. Central. Go to the Virtual Comedy Show, virtualcomedyshow.com. The show is free. We just pass the hat at some point in the show and uh, ask you to give us a tip. So I will be headlining this Monday night's show. Usually I do a patty melt, a three-minute uh, patty melt, which... Uh, I probably would have done about the uh, the Germans buying up land. Somebody uh, texted in not to get too upset or concerned about these small fringe groups, uh, except that if you did it, I, I see a parallel. Uh, with this uh, far-right uh, group in Germany that refuses to accept the post-World War II uh, modern-era government of Germany and are buying up, they're buying up massive amounts of land and businesses and creating their own parallel society. Uh, I don't see, I don't know that we have that going. I mean, we obviously have had in the past uh, far-right-wing or extremist groups, cult groups who, and they are saying this is a cult with approximately, any could be up to 5,000 people uh, I don't know what they're doing in terms of uh, gathering weapons and things like that, but we know that has that has popped up in the United States, um, and I don't know where we are. Uh, I'm sure someone's keeping tabs on them, but we saw bubbling over on January 6th that that same type of energy is there to negate the rights of others and say that ours is the only way. That's where I see similarities and I think a lot of reason for concern. Uh, Steve in Chicago, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. I just want to leap back real quickly to uh, the comment you made about the young person who told you that, uh, you know, we'll just go back to the time of Trump. Yep. I've discovered a lot of that comes from people who are male, white, yes. Christian, yes. And heterosexual. Yes. And they, to them, yes. they really don't think it's going to be a big change because it doesn't affect them as much. And what I always remind them of is, yes, and when Trump unleashes another... Uh, pandemic. It's something new and it kills you and it kills your family. Uh, When Trump decides to start recruiting, um, you know, young people to go fight for him, whether it's in a foreign war or whether it's against his domestic enemies, it's going to affect you. So you've really, really got to speak up and Oh, I did. Not only it's not only the it's not only the groups that Trump has already identified that he's going to go after. He's going to go after you, too. Yeah. Because eventually everybody does or says something that Trump decides is unacceptable. Correct. I agree. Yeah. And I did. I said all those things and mentioned the pandemic. And But I, I really think that because they, as you mentioned, didn't feel the impact. I mean, I remember when Trump won, I posted, uh, you know, you are loved. Right. To, it just there are I knew that there were people who were scared and they we learned that they were rightfully yeah. scared when Trump won. Yeah. And it did disproportionately impact people who were not white, straight men. Just simply the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I mean, unless they were invested you're in, like, the, a great night. unless you're invested in the well-being of everybody, so that's where it would impact you. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to be exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's connected. and that's what drives me crazy because the, the the few people on my Facebook wall that are consistently, you know, saying, "Oh, Biden's too old," and Biden Biden's the same as Trump, and da da da. I'm always like. Yeah, because again, you you're in that group that you really don't think this is going to hurt you if he gets back in. Yeah, you hate him. I know you do, 
but you like playing this game that puts people like me in real danger. Correct. I really will be on a list of people, you know, rounded up and put into a concentration camp. Same. Same. Can I speak up? Thanks, Steve. Thanks for reminding us of that. And you're right. It's good. To, it's good to be informed and uh, and aware and vigilant. Thank you. Have a good one. If I don't talk to you before Monday, Happy you New Year. You too, babe. Thank you. Uh, Dave, oh yeah, this is another story. How crazy is this, Dave? Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, that uh, reading the story where <laughs> Warren Volbert decided that she's going to switch <laughs> and go at, in Ken Buck's seat because uh, retiring uh, representing Ken Buck's seat because uh, she just squeaked by last time, you know, against this uh, the opponent, and he, uh, I guess, has been outmatching her in uh, getting money, you know, to you know he beat her like a drum you know she stayed in that district so yeah so she decided she's gonna switch seats and go. well and there were so, already there were so this is uh ken buck's seat folks and a lot of folks are wondering uh it is ken buck's seat he announced on november 1st he would not be seeking re-election and he uh there were already four people vying for the seat for the primary and now she has uh announced that she will be running for that seat as well because she very narrowly won the last time. I think it was less than what six hundred votes that separated her yeah. and the Democratic. Yeah, yep. very low, <laughs> very low. Just squeaked by the skin of her teeth, as the mother used to say. Um, and then, of course, she she got a toss out there that it's the uh, the Aspen donors and George Soros and the Hollywood actors are trying to buy this seat. Yeah. you know they out they out throw the George Soros in there. You know, just to stoke the flames. Did you hear? Did, did did you guys talk? I don't know. if I, I wasn't able to listen to all of Terry's show because I was uh, working, but I did not realize that Trump is back on the ballot in Colorado while the state Republicans are appealing to the Supreme Court. Oh no, I hadn't listened either. I was yeah. doing some other stuff. I wasn't listening. Yeah, the Republican Party has appealed the Supreme Court, and uh, they uh, so yeah, I guess they're staying the four three ruling. Uh, from their f- from the decision, yeah. So he's back on the uh, ballot until the appeal to the Supreme Court is finished. You know, little Lord Fossil, right? Gets his way again so far. And uh, I thought there was the one other state that he could be off was like Oregon, something like that. Well, I guess I, I know that Michigan said that uh, that he is still on the ballot. So today, Kirk Bangstead announced that he will be uh, launching efforts to keep Trump off the ballot in Wisconsin. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah well, it's just, uh, if it, you if, know, the rules are for everybody else but him, I guess, you know. That, uh, exactly. And, uh, hey, for yeah. a question, it, that was bothered me was the fact that uh, these people, say they got elected in as a Democrat, and then all of a sudden along the way they decide, oh, I'm going to turn the card, I'm going to be yeah. a Republican now. Mm-hmm. How could they be when they weren't elected as the Democrat, you know, as a Republican. There does not seem, in my experience and throughout my life, to be any mechanisms, uh, unless I guess there's a, you know, there are policies in place for recall votes, but there doesn't seem to be any sort of accountability if someone, I remember, I remember the first time I saw this, my first recollection would be Joe Lieberman, right? Yeah, yeah Lieberman, he was just out for Lieberman. And, they, yeah. And I know it's happened. He lost, he lost out, and then he went down the line and tried each party, it seemed like. And, yep. And, and thanks to him, we still, you know, he could have been the 60th vote. 
Well, but, this sorry. was this was what I thought was a danger. Uh, you know, I have my opinions about my own state rep, uh, and but I do not. Uh, I did nothing. I did not want to do anything to jeopardize her reelection or the reelection of my state senator, who I also am not necessarily on good terms with. But I certainly did not want to do anything to help their opponents because I was. I'm pretty sure at least uh, my state senators. I. I. I, I I could pretty much guarantee that she would have flipped once she became the uh, state senator. She was, uh, you know, anti anti uh, abortion. Uh, she's she's only well. At any rate, I, I'm fairly certain that would have happened in that case. That's uh, you, you've got to be vigilant and aware of uh, people's. You know, what she posted all kinds. She always posting things about Fox, very supportive of Trump, and yet ran as a Democrat. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, the. Um Whenever they get something in committee, is that like out, you know, in uh, uh, like La La Land? Like it's because that uh, thing that was put up, you know, that it seen it was in committee. And then it was like, it's too late. You know, this thing wasn't going to come out. I will, uh, uh, you know, thank you for reminding me. I'm going to reach out to you. Like I say, I I appreciated it, but it just seemed like it was too late. Right. uh, But it doesn't mean it's over. I mean, you know, introducing something and and having it, uh, you know, have to have a place mark. There's a lot of legislation out there. Look, the elected Mm -hmm. school board, Dave, they didn't finish that either. They were supposed to come up (laughs) with with a map and with uh, a policy and a path forward to make sure we had a fully elected school board. And they... They made their own deadline for April 1st, which is after the date that people can announce their candidacy and start collecting signatures. So, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. No, like I said, I was thrilled when I seen that, but I just kind of thought that they were getting ready for their break already. That by the time it, <laughs> that I don't think this is going to make it, you know, for that one day. So but anyway, all right. Again, anyway, let me clear off. Others want to talk too, but I just, you know, toss, toss that out to you. Appreciate that. Have a good one. Have a good one, Dave. Take care. Let me take a break, and we'll continue taking your calls when we come back. 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join our conversation. You can also text us that number, same, 773-763-9278. Thank you to the 515. Uh, Dear Patty, no, definitely not the lesser of two evils. Democrats have big, open hearts and care deeply about the average American worker. Thank you for saying so. Yep, that's that's where I come from. I'm not saying every single person. We're not all lockstep, but that's that to me is a general energy of the work that I do as a Democrat. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hey, Google, play WCPT. Streaming Chicago's progressive talk from TuneIn. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. My uh, friend uh, Jerry Walski, uh, collaborator and co- co-producer on the show, we were just talking about uh, the new space at Gale Street Inn. I got a chance to take a look at it uh, last week. It's so beautiful. It is just a dazzling new space. Uh, I've mentioned this before. I've been going to the Gale Street Inn since I was six years old. I mentioned it last night with our friend Becky O'Connor from uh, Banging Gavel out in Tinley Park. That uh, I'm excited for her because I really do think when you have passion about a dream and want to bring it to life, uh, it really does make a difference in the neighborhood. And, and George Carzas here in Jefferson Park has been uh, creating memories for and his family for decades. So I'm really excited about the new, uh, the new space. You got you guys got to come check it out. Uh, he's, uh, 
Just make your reservations and get to the Gale Street Inn. Uh, let's get to Mirna, who's been waiting. Hey, Mirna. Didn't mean to wait, make you wait too long. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you. I have a question and a comment. Okay. Um, question. Have you heard anything about... Uh, I, I've only seen two mentions of this in the past week or so, about uh, staff members or former staff members of Trump's talking about he had a certain odor to him. Okay. So this is a, I don't, I, I, yes, I have, I have been like occasionally dipping into this story and there's a Noel, uh, there's a guy who used to be on The Apprentice who has been giving a lot of interviews lately and has mentioned this years ago that when he was on the set of The Apprentice that he, that this is where the story about Trump having to wear depends. I believe he's one of the original uh, storytellers of this. Right. So because he was on the he was he worked on The Apprentice for a long time. I don't know what the NDAs are like that he feels confident enough to do this. Doesn't seem like there's been uh, enough pushback. But he says that because of um, the cocaine and the Adderall that Trump had to take, that those are those acts as laxatives. And uh, that he had this horrible smell. And, and, oh, there's another story on social media that this guy said that they were in a restaurant in the 80s that they were that Trump was asked to leave a restaurant because of how foul smelling he was. So there are a and and that that story goes back years and years and years that apparently people just have known that he smells and I will say I've I've been around uh, I don't name any names but I've I've been around a famous person but there are some people who just don't know or don't care I think there comes some level that they just they are just really stinky um, but yeah I have I have been following some of the and it seems to be really ticking them off which is even they have to they had to make announcements our Trump does not smell I mean one of the rules in, in politics is that when you're explaining you're losing and uh, this seems like something they shouldn't have even addressed. He does not smell. He so does not smell. <laughs> I am not smelling. I mean, I can't wait for him to talk about like you want to check my you want to check my underwear for <laughs> for skin marks. <laughs> I mean, where are we with this? Yeah, the one article that I read it, it was one female who was a former staff member, and a couple of days after that, uh, three or four more uh, staff former staff members confirmed what she said. So I was like, okay, that has, that was recent then. It wasn't something from years well, ago. Well, you should, it. if you get yeah. a chance, take a look at, uh, there's a, there are a lot of like mini videos uh, and they'll show people reacting as though he smells, whether, yeah, yeah Diane Boxer, Mike Pence, uh, Pelosi, like they all have this look of like uh, uh, his wife. Right, Melania, where like, they yep. they all have like this, they cover their nose or they just kind of wince and you know trying to. Uh, and I I will say I'm very 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 sensitive to bad smells, uh, and I have a range of them. Like I can't stand really strong cologne, like it, it irritates the back of my throat. But I would most likely uh, gag audibly if I was around someone who. And I feel bad because some people. You know, with whatever situation, I mean, I, I, I guess they're treating him like he's mentally ill and just going, oh, he doesn't know better. I guess it's the best I can say about it. <laughs> uh, my comment, you, you mentioned uh, earlier about people who feel that you have to conform to the way they think yeah. and the way they live. Yeah. Um, you know, people keep going back to Hitler and they, you know how he controlled people. Right. So many people forget the same exact situation happened in Mexico when Cortez invaded Mexico and took over and forced Catholicism 
on all of the Aztec Indians. Their reason for going there basically was because they had heard there was so much gold in Mexico, and they were going there to claim it. They ended up forcing mm. people, and this is one thing people keep saying. Oh, yeah, and like the Aztecs were just so civilized with all their human sacrifices. Cortez's people killed so many Indians because they would not conform to Catholicism. But you don't see that in too many history books. And it's they wanted to force them to think the same way that Spaniards and Europeans thought. And it's just south of the border. You don't have to go to Europe to have witnessed you know, what happened when people try to force you to live the way they live in the way they think. Right. And, well, and, and, and Republicans would cry and say that, that they think that we're doing that to them, that by having history classes that cover the full truth is indoctrinating their children. Like This is a the language they use, that we are the Democrats, that liberals, that uh, people of color, that, that feminists. I mean, I, 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 again, we're back to like railing against feminists. I didn't even see that coming. Uh, but that, that's, that's the picture that they're trying to paint. And it's so contrary to any, I mean, yeah, no, I don't, I just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And now they want to, I just read a couple of days ago about how they're thinking that, or well, some of them are thinking that uh, in order to run for office, you have to sort of prove your religious beliefs to them. Oh, okay. And that's how they would do some, whether you, you'll be put on a ballot or not. I've said this before, and I know that when I started working here and, and hosting this wonderful show and uh, and so many people were reaching out, you know, I, of course, you're still always going to have the angry folks who, when I say anything about religion, they're like, oh, so so now you're, you know, you're against religion. You're, are you anti-Christian and all these things? And it's like, I am against any organization that manipulates their people uh, through fear, through control, through uh, sexual assault. Uh, any of those things. Uh, and, and that, uh, yeah, uh, religion and spirituality are two different things. Your beliefs are fine. Go believe that, uh, in, you know, in whatever way. You know, the whole idea that we're not, you know, things started going wrong in this country when we stopped because we don't teach Christianity in schools. Why don't you start teaching Christianity in churches first? Because, you know, yeah. Jesus Christ's, uh, his entire philosophy was freeing people from the chains of oppression. And I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. the way the Republicans teach it is using it to oppress people. And I'm done with it. So their version of it. Yeah, I'm done with it. And for the record, if anybody decides to call you or contact you, I'm Catholic. So you can't (laughs) say that you're bashing anybody. Yeah, Catholic. Okay. Yeah, I started. I believe. I I fully believe in the teachings of Christ. I believe in feeding the poor and welcoming our neighbors who come from foreign lands. I believe in you know the wealthy uh, paying their fair share and taking care of others rather than consolidating it just for the sake of power. I believe in those things absolutely. Treating people with kindness uh, to a point. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not Christ. Like I don't turn the other cheek. You hit me. We're going to do things. All right. Thanks, Mirna. Have a good one. Okay, thank you. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? Roosevelt. Hey, Patty, I'm fine. Are you across the room? What are we doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I, I was trying to plug in my uh, my uh, microwave. Okay. Yes. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You're not, yeah, eating, I hope you pan- had a you're not eating pancakes for dinner tonight? What's happening? No, I'm making fish sticks, baked potatoes. Ooh, I like it. And uh, beef, and beef sandwiches. Nice. All right. 
I'm, like not, I'm not making none, I'm not making anything from scratch except the baked potato. There you um, go. Okay. Uh, I hope you have a happy new year, everybody out there. Okay. Uh, okay. Now you and there was a gentleman. I did, I. I kind of walked into the conversation, and uh, the one he said that concentration camps that he might he might wind up in a concentration camp or something to that effect. Yep. It was about a half an hour ago. I don't know. He's here. He's still he's hey. still on hold. As a matter of fact, hold on a second. But okay. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to add on. I wanted to add on to what he said. What when he was talking uh, and saying those things, it reminded me. You know, I went right to when he slapped that twenty five percent tariff on. Um, Chinese on China, uh-huh. and and the farmers were peed peed off because you know that's their number one customer is China. You know when it comes down to what they uh, uh, soybean and all that stuff that the China buys. So then uh, when he slapped that twenty five percent tariff, uh, China didn't have any other choice but go to a, a, to Brazil. So now Brazil, from what I understand. They're buying uh, uh, the stuff that they used to buy the farm from the farm American farmers. They're buying that from Brazil. So what I'm what I'm getting at is that he creates the problems, and then mm-hmm. he he says he fixes the problem. That's yep. the type of guy he is. Yeah. Now when he said that, you know, when he said that, it, I, you know, I I thought, what if he creates a, an illness or, or a pandemic or something, and he said that that. Uh, you know, that he's going to fix it or something to that effect. You know what I'm saying? Something that he could have control over and put it over on us because this is the type of guy he is. Or he'll take credit, as usual, for something that somebody else did, such as Obama. Obama handed him a great economy, you know, so he was going up. That's why a lot of people... That's why a lot of people say, and, and you have Latin people say, oh, it was a great economy. I go, how could he have gotten a great economy when he when he let the pandemic run, you know, wild? Absolutely. I go, he's the one, he's, the, he's responsible for for the, because uh, when you guys talk about, the, cause there's people that say, well, the price of gasoline was low. I go, yeah, because nobody was driving. Nobody was going to see grandma 50 miles away or uh, 30, 40 miles away. So... You, you know, he, he creates, what I'm getting at again is he creates the problems, and then he says he fixed the problem. Yep, and, you know? it's, and it's somebody else's fault. I've got to run to the news, Roosevelt. Have a great dinner Thank tonight. You. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. And you've got a good point. Thank you. He does. Okay, yep. Bye-bye. He, uh, he breaks things and then says, oh, I, I, I can't fix it because the Democrats mess things up for everybody. When we come back, Terry Cosgrove will be joining us in the studio. Let's talk about what's coming up in 2024 and how we can make sure that women can maintain their autonomy, protect abortion rights, and uh, and, and squash uh, the madness that's happening across the country. More in a moment. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. Politicians getting caught grabbing ass says she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hope that you are all having a lovely evening and thank you so much for joining us as we drive it home. Joining me in studio 
is Terry Cosgrove, and he was asking why I have him on later today, and it's because I want to make sure that our friends who listen on 9.50 a.m. KTNF in Minneapolis, St. Paul, also are joining our conversation and can hear what our plans are. Terry Cosgrove is the former CEO of Personal Pack, and in his tenure for for decades... 33 years. 33 years was responsible for so much of the hard work that went into making sure that we codified the rights of women to have autonomy over their own bodies and choosing what their future would look like. And uh, we owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to Terry Cosgrove and Personal Pack and everyone who worked tirelessly. Uh, their mission has been to elect people into positions where decisions are made so that they would protect abortion rights. And uh, and I, I know that you've come off of traveling a little bit. You've been able to rest a little. Uh, but now we need to get back to work, Terry. I know. Retiring I am. is not for I you. Am. I know that. Because <laughs> uh, you, you told me back in August that you were going national with a, an organization that is going to replicate what you did here in Illinois. Right, right. Yes. Uh, Project 50 is the name of the organization. First of all, thank you for having me of back. Course, I appreciate I it. You. But I want to make one thing clear for your listeners. The work of Personal Pack and the work that I'm doing with Project 50, and it's a, it's a, in a very esteemed group of people that is are on the board. I'm an advisor to them, so I don't have any um, leadership role as such. Um, Brian Howard is the executive director who was the CEO of Planned Parenthood in Arizona for 22 years and really has been was has been partly responsible for all the growth that has taken place in Arizona around this issue as well as elections. Uh, but and then Tina Chin, who is the former chief of staff to Michelle Obama, and now um, she is at the Obama Center. And then recently, Kathleen Sibelius, the former. Oh, yes. uh, Health and Human Services Secretary and Governor of Kansas is on uh, is on the board. In fact, she's going to be in town January 18th uh, talking to people about Project 50. So we're really excited about taking the fight to places where um, where um, abortion rights and and political activity is is most needed where where women are suffering the most. And so, for example, that would be places like Arkansas and Oklahoma and South Carolina. And what we've discovered in places like Illinois, New York and California, New Mexico and Colorado, where abortion is largely available, there um, there isn't the same kind of immediate... Uh, uh, oh, God, immediate fear. Whereas when you go to these red states where the stuff that we're reading on the news... In these states like Oklahoma, Arkansas, South Carolina, and I could name, you know, a, a whole bunch of others because um, a third to half the states in the country have outlawed abortion. These people are living this every single day. They know someone. They, they're, they're so aware that the services aren't available. And so their, their hunger for political activity to change things around is through the ceiling. So we're trying to work with and listen to people on the ground about what they need and and so that they can harness some political energy and pull that together and then form the organizations that they need in their state in order to enact the policies that we are so fortunate to have in Illinois and so many other states. Now, this is not going to happen overnight. You know, there is no magic wand. I didn't have a magic wand at personal pack in the drawer that on day one I just waved it and 
And while things happen, it took um, election after election and fight after fight. But, Patty, I believe that the only way we're going to win this uh, is that we really drive a stake through the heart of MAGA and the right wingers. Like we just, we have to start defeating them on their own territory. We have to take them on because the vast majority of voters, we know half of Republicans believe in reproductive rights. We know most independents and most Democrats do, and we need to harness that energy. And in the end, I truly believe that History is going to look back on 2024 and say that the abortion issue saved our democracy. I that I have no reason that, to doubt that that yeah. that what that the overturning of Roe v. Wade was such a thunderbolt to the very decency of what we are as a people, as Americans, as as a democracy was such a fundamental strike at that and that people who weren't paying attention, you know, as you know, I was at personal pack for 33 years. I always said that I literally spent the first 25 years trying to convince people of two things. Number one, that Roe was in trouble and in the, the eyes would roll. The the people, you know, I I knew behind my back they were calling me a drama queen and all that. <laughs> but the second thing is to be very, very clear that we were paying attention to state politics. And that's where, you know, progressives and Democrats really, um, really dropped the ball because they're in it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being focused on federal elections. There's this little thing called the Supreme Court and the Senate confirmation sure. and, and the presidency that, you know, that, are, that nominates people to the court. So I'm not saying, but but the, the right wingers spent a, a decade or more organizing at the state and local level. And now we're feeling the effect of that. So if if we're really, truly going to make change, save our democracy, not just on choice, but on all the issues that I'm sure most of your listeners care about, which is, you know, labor rights, which is uh, you know, saving the planet from destruction, yeah. gun violence, choice, LGBTQ rights, disability rights, whatever the the issue is. Um, we have to tackle these at the state level, too, because the people who oppose all that stuff are the same. And, you know, we need to take that on and and we can do it. I am optimistic that if. Um, that if people commit uh, between now and uh, next November every single day to get up and decide what's the one thing they can do today. And now you don't like when I was involved with the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to Milwaukee, I went to Kenosha on the weekends. And now you can sit home and write postcards. You can, you know, I'm not the most. Text from your phone. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I'm not the most uh, digitally um, proficient person, but they did teach me how to uh, do text from my, to do text banking. So you, I mean, it's nice if you can go out and canvas door to door. It's very effective to meet people where they are and be able to talk to them face to face. But there's so many things that all of us can do, uh, whether it's making sure everyone we know is registered to vote uh, in not only in Illinois, but in every other state. I mean, one of the things I was so enthusiastic about when I worked on the Ohio referendum, and again, 
just sending out emails to people saying, okay, if you know anyone that is registered to vote or from Ohio, and I found out Tina Chin was from Ohio, Lori Lightfoot was from Ohio. I mean, all these people that um, Susan Pritzker, who is a relative of JB's, was from Ohio, and all these people responded, oh, I have relatives, I have friends, sure. I went to school there, I did. And so the energy that um, that one person can can generate just by getting in contact with their, you know, the people they know, the people that, that listen to them, the people that share their thoughts. You can do that by email. You can do that on social media. So there's, um, I'm forgetting his name, and I feel, I feel horrible about this, but there's a very, very wonderful uh, political writer who talks about how ridiculous the polling is because this election is going to be decided whether it's Senate races, the presidency, and everyone's talking about the margin of error. But what he says, and I totally agree, it's about the margin of effort is going to make the difference, which means these races are going to be decided by one, two, or three percentage points, whether it's in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Sherrod Brown, you know, Montana, John Tester, or wherever we're fighting this out, it's going to be the margin of effort. So if we all put in the effort and each of us can do something, whether it's the things I just listed, making a contribution to the candidates or the organizations or the campaigns you care about, if we all chip in and each one of us do our part, we can save our democracy. We can be the margin of effort that is going to make the difference. So... I love it. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Patty. I love your story. Uh, I I have two stacks of uh, postcards that are, so one is like, get out the vote. Don't forget the vote. You know, your election's coming up. The other stack is uh, a a variety of portrayals of the American flag in different uh, sort of genres, right? Right. Norman Rockwell to modernist and all this. And those are intended more for like conservative areas because I am tired of the idea that the right wing has some sort of, you know, superiority when it comes to patriotism. Right. When I do believe that we are fighting for American rights right. and for our democracy, and there's nothing more patriotic than that. Right. Right. An individual freedom. Absolutely. Freedoms. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's. So more, I'm writing my postcards. Yeah. There's nothing more patriotic than defending democracy. Exactly. Yes. We are hanging out with Terry Cosgrove. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can call or text us at 773 763 9278. That's the number to call and join us or to text 773 773- 763 WCPT. Let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation when we come back because Terry has been gracious enough to agree to an hour with us. I, I can bring you in for two hours next time if you want. We'll, We've done it, it and we it have. flies by. Exactly. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. Get your lazy ass down to the voting booth and vote! God damn it! Vote! God damn it! 
justice on the Supreme Court. Lifetime appointments, they ain't short. Want women to control their own body. Want a real president, not John Gotti. Want a clear separation of church and state. It don't come free, Participate. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We are talking about how, how important it will be to get the vote out, to get engaged, uh, to be energized in 2024, to protect our democracy, uh, to protect independent individuals' rights. Uh, Terry Cosgrove, the former CEO, uh, executive director of Personal PAC, really instrumental in making sure that those protections uh, for abortion rights not just remain in place but were expanded uh, I, I we could do a whole history lesson I mean this when you talked about uh, you know when when uh, they write the history of this time period I mean you have such a powerful position in and how things turned out in Illinois ahead of uh, the Roe v. Wade decision and Dobbs. Uh, you uh, were energizing folks, uh, and, and like you said, for thirty-three years, you were ringing the alarm bell. Can I ask you? You know, do you did you get the sense that when you mentioned that Roe v. Wade was vulnerable and people rolled their eyes? Was it because they were placated by all these, you know, committee these hearings with? potential Supreme Court justices saying, oh, it's law of the land, it's precedent, I'm not going to do anything. Were they placated by that? No, I think no. they, no, no, I think they were, I just think no one really believed it would happen. I, I think that was the, people just say, I mean, so many people said to me, oh, Terry, there's no way, and what's alarming to me right now is when I talk about the threats to birth control and oh, the, and how are and, they having the same doubts? And IVF, they go, oh, they'll, they'll never do that. They'll never. And I, I want to say, how many times do we have to? Um, do we, do you have to understand? And what gets me about it, Patty, is all along, all you have to do is go to any anti-abortion, any right-wing website. They tell you what they believe. Yes. That, that women, to keep, that women yeah. to keep their legs closed. Right. That they're that, sluts. That, I mean, all well, of, they don't say that. They, um, they, they imply yeah, it. Yeah. But no, but what they say is they believe that, that the birth control pill in the IUD is a murder weapon. It's right there. Right. Um, when... Uh, when Amy Coney Barrett was being nominated for the Supreme Court, she was quoted and she put it in writing and said it that she thought birth control was disgusting. Clarence Thomas, in his Dobbs decision, said that the court should revisit the Griswold case, which was the case that said that birth control was legal between married couples. <laughs> it came later where single women uh, could have access to it and that, that we should revisit the uh, the uh, marriage. Yep, Equality the, the Act. Equality yeah. Act and uh, equal marriage between uh, between the races. races. Yeah, so, his own marriage. I know. What? I mean, <laughs> so, so how, what a weird way to tell people you want a divorce. Yeah, <laughs> is to so, outlaw your own marriage. So I I think it was I, I think it was that people just wouldn't believe. And you know, I have a you know, I I like to tell this story because it because it really fits with everything we're talking about and it fills this in. Um, a very dear friend of mine when I was working on the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. And by working, I mean, as volunteering. Sure. I, bringing people out to Milwaukee, bringing friends with a promise. They get a home-cooked meal at my partner's house and, you know, doing everything I could to get people involved. And I could not believe the 
the visceral energy at the doors. I mean, it was like nothing in all the 40 or 50 years that I've been canvassing for candidates and doing this. I, I really felt that this something was so different and so intense about this. So I was telling a dear friend of mine who's a political activist, and I said to her, I know I am so biased about the abortion issue being being it. And uh, But you would think with global... With climate disaster, with gun violence, that 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 um, that abortion would be like that. But I just feel it's so much more intense. I know I'm biased. And she said to me, "Dude, we've been living with uh, with the warnings about climate for decades. We've been living with gun violence for decades. They took a right away from us. What don't you understand?" And it was like this this whack across the back of my head but it it confirmed what i what what i was feeling but were kind of afraid to say it because people say oh there you go again but it was but it was true and i think that's what's going on with um now with with choice and i just hope that people understand that the 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 mistake that so many pro-choice um elected officials and people have made by believing that there's a certain amount you can give the right wingers and they'll be enough. And and no, no. and they lie through their teeth. Yeah. So like when I first started a personal pack, they wouldn't dream of supporting a bill that didn't have a rape and incest or a health exception. That was like that, that I mean, it, for them, that was a non-starter. Right. So, and and then the lying say, well, you know what? We don't want to hurt women. We don't want to punish women. This is about, the, you know, this is about protecting them. This is about just just going after. Now the, I'm rolling my the eyes. Doctors. By the way, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so there was this whole thing that if we just gave them parental notice, if we just cut off Medicaid funding, if we just had 48 hour waiting periods, if we just had misinformed. They would go away. That would be enough. And what they don't understand, there's never enough because these people are going to be against birth control and abortion for all women under all circumstances for all time. That's their end game. And if you believe anything different, you are a fool. Yes. They have proven over and over and over again that... They'll outlaw abortion in cases of rape and incest. Yeah. They don't mind women showing up to hospital emergency rooms. Um, bleeding out. Bleeding out, miscarrying, an ectopic pregnancy, mm-hmm. 104 fever. This poor women, woman in Ohio came to the emergency room four times, and they sent her home every yeah. single time. So I And they told her she yeah, was going to be passing. Exactly. The, the yeah. fetus. Yeah. So and, and by the way, for folks who don't know what we're talking about, she was then charged with... With abuse of a corpse because the fetus passed in the bathroom. Right, right. Yeah. Because she was sent home. Right. And right. told to do it. I know. And look at their, the grand jury is meeting to indict her on, you know, abuse of a corpse. I forget. I'm not a lawyer, whatever the term is. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is that I think that that contributed, that people never believe because they were very good at lying to the public. You know, and people had this idea, even the abortion protesters outside clinics are just these older church women that just right. really believe. They're that, peacefully protesting. Yeah, something's wrong with abortion when we know that the training ground for what happened on January 6th in the Capitol was men who were outside abortion clinics for the last 20 years harassing and being violent towards women that were seeking reproductive health care. That was their training ground. Mm-hmm. We know that now. 
Yeah. And so I they don't and they don't care about what they're saying. Right. They don't exactly. at all. No, they don't care. They, so and, and the idea that they people want to use religion. That's right. don't have an abortion. Right. Don't do exactly. the thing that you believe in. Yeah. Well, this, you the, cannot force other people yeah, to do this. Well, the bumper sticker on my car says against abortion. Don't have one. Yeah. And and that's but so take to, to go back to your original question on this. Um, I just think that people just didn't believe in their heart of hearts that Roe would ever be overturned. They just they refused to accept reality, I think, was the was the and and so now Roe is overturned and people understand the danger that we're facing. And we just need enough people to respond at the polling places and and get rid of these uh, these right wingers and 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 resuscitate. The right to choose across the country. That's all we have to do. Do you think there's enough energy to uh, and enough will to elect more Democrats federally to codify the protections of women's rights to have autonomy? Yeah, I think the will is there. But I mean, we have to start with uh, people talking about the issue. And and, I mean, none of this in Wisconsin and in Ohio, it didn't happen by accident. There was an an amazing amount of organizing that went into both those and tons of money. I mean, that was the Wisconsin Supreme Court race was most expensive in the entire country. But look at what that investment did. There are four feminist women on that court who are going to keep and make abortion illegal as well as end the gerrymandering, which has allowed right. uh, everything to happen. It's the hor- all the horrible things that happened in Wisconsin around education, labor rights, choice, LGBTQ rights to happen. And so, so that's the other benefit of organizing at the state level, because then you can address like they have in Michigan uh, and addressing the horrible um hijacking of our politics by the right-wingers at the state level. We're going to get fairer maps. We're going to get better representation in Congress, to answer your question. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get it at the state level so we can undo a lot of the damage that's being done um, all over the country. It's a lot of work to do, and it's important work. And we'll continue our conversation with Terry Cosgrove. The name of the the organization that uh, Brian... Project 50. Project 50. Is there a website for folks? Yes, there is. uh, Project50.net. Oh, yeah. project50.net. Net. And this is uh, across the country, making sure that we elect officials that will be mindful of how important it is to protect the health and rights of women. At the state level. At the state level. Yes. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back when we come in uh, just a moment on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Buy yours at Beer on Central in Evanston, D&D Finer Foods in Evanston, Rogers Park Provisions, Provisions Uptown, and Beer Shop Oak Part must be 21. Please drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. 
Terry Cosgrove wants us all to be fired up going into 2024 to save democracy. And part of that is fighting for abortion rights. It's just they're locked together. Right. Absolutely. Um, As I said earlier, um, I firmly believe that the issue of abortion is going to save our democracy in 2024. All right. It is just it's going to bring people out who who understand the threat of of the of MAGA, the right wingers of Donald Trump, of of the entire um, right wing establishment. In fact, I was listening to uh, I was I was listening. Oh, it was Rachel Maddow's interview with Chris Hayes. I taped it, not taped it. I. DVR'd it. That's how recorded, old I yeah. am. I recorded it. <laughs> and, uh, so you said it with your phone and just recorded yeah, it to yeah, your phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, she, and he asked her if uh, anyone other than Donald Trump could, could lead this, uh, this fascist movement. And without hesitating, she said, the leader doesn't matter when the people give up on democracy. And that's what happened in Germany mm-hmm. and World War II. Whenever fascism takes over, people make a choice that they're done with democracy or they want something different because they're frustrated. Right. And so I really, we have to prevent that from happening in this country where people are going to give up on democracy and just say it's not worth it or we should try something different and and uh, yeah. and, and use excuses not to defend it. It's not a, you know, it's not something that's that lasts forever on its own. You know, it's not like the sun yeah. coming up in the east. It it needs to be tended to. It needs to be defended. It needs to be taught and respected and honored. And fortunately, uh, you introduced me to a young man who we've uh, all seen nationally on MSNBC with Stephanie Rules. You mentioned earlier, Eric Willoughby joins us from North Carolina. Hey, Eric, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Patty. How are you? I'm doing very well. Of course, you're on the air with uh, with Terry Cosgrove, uh, making some waves in North Carolina already. You know, earlier somebody called and, and uh, asked, you know, how come there's no accountability when someone runs as a Democrat and then changes party, which is what happened in North Carolina that really put the kibosh on women's right to have access to abortion, wasn't it, Eric? Absolutely, Patty. And I'll tell you what, she, uh, she actually changed districts to run in House District 105 in uh, southern Mecklenburg County, which is basically part of Charlotte. And I'll tell you what, there is going to be accountability at the ballot box come November 5th in 2024. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Yay, is, Eric. <laughs> that, is, that is good to hear. So we've been talking about, you know, how important it is at the state level to make sure we keep electing people who will protect abortion rights. What are you hearing in North Carolina as far as the, the actual, the, 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 the real life experiences that people are having there? I, frankly, am seeing a lot of pissed off women who are, seeing what the GOP is doing, and they are angry. I was actually at the DMV the other day, and uh, we were talking to an older woman online, because of course we're online for about four hours, and uh, this woman said, I, can, I can't vote for Republicans. I can never vote for Republicans after what they did to abortion here in the state. She had mentioned her husband was a veteran and how they, you know, they had felt abandoned by Democrats to a certain extent, but especially after seeing the rights that Republicans are going to strip from them, they were willing to vote for Democrats or looking to voting for Democrats. So I think we're going to be seeing a pretty seismic shift in these swing states like Wisconsin, Michigan, and uh, North Carolina, where voters are angry. And angry voters, they, they show results. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I That's agree. what motivates people um, to a large extent. Um, and how's Clayton Anderson doing? I was telling Patty she has to, she has to have her on her show at some point. Maybe with the two of you. Ooh, the, yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yesterday marked uh, uh, Andy's, I think it was her first year, uh, full year, uh, as our North Carolina Democratic Party chair. And under her, I mean, we have been able to fundraise a hell of a lot. We've been able to, to get some good uh, good stuff done on the ground. I mean, the town that I live in, Huntersville, we went from having a board of commissioners that was, uh, I believe it was, been, it was five Republicans, one Democrat and a Republican mayor, to a all six Democratic commissioners and a Democratic mayor. Wonderful. So I think under her leadership, yeah, we've been able to do a lot of good stuff. And I realize I transposed her first and last name. It's Anderson Clayton. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry about she that. She jokes a lot that she has two first names. I was yes. gonna say, well, and we had a fundraiser for um, the Democratic Party of North Carolina in Chicago three or four weeks ago. I forget it was. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and it was. It was really. It was an honor to meet her and uh, and be supportive. Yeah, we raised a, a little money for them to. Yeah, that's that's great. And Eric, you are when we met you last summer. Was it last summer? I, how long ago was it? Because nice. he did a little time at nice our spring. at my comedy show yeah. over at Tatas. Yeah. Uh, was that last summer or the summer before? Was He's going to have to tell us. I don't remember. Because he, he, he was, was about it was the spring. Yeah, yeah. You, you were about to move to North Carolina, and I believe you're in your senior year of high school. That's right. Yep. I mean, I, <laughs> when in stories like yours and young people like you, we also saw the young man out of uh, out of Florida with the uh, school board hearings and whether or not the founder of Moms for Liberty should step down. Uh, I think you guys are inspiring a lot of people and and reinstilling our faith. You know, people have like this disdainful, uh, you know, kids don't get involved. They're all on their phones and things like that. But I have to ask Eric one more time. I know I asked you last time. What what compelled you to jump into the fray and go? You know what? I, I can't sit still. I, I need to be out there fighting for this. Well, you know, for me, it came down to just seeing the amount of hate that came from one side of our political system. And, you know, being raised by my mother, you know, I was raised that when you see hate, you stop it. And when it comes to the Republican Party now, and even as far back as 2016, all we're seeing is hate. And I mean, we're, we're seeing good strides uh, in the fight against fascism and authoritarian, uh, authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw Maine just kicked Trump off the ballot, the secretary of state out there. So, I mean, we're we're making good strides. We need to remember that uh, the fight isn't over until it's over and it will be over, hopefully, November 5th of 24. So everyone needs to be very, 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 very sure to uh, to speak up and speak out no matter how old you are, whether you're 72 or 17, you need to be either getting to the ballot box, going on social media and see what's going on. And it, it, it comes down to being informed and then taking that information, and doing something with it. I, and Terry, I know how excited you were to introduce me to Eric Willoughby. Uh, and, it, it, you know, in the course of the 33 years that you yeah. did your work for Personal Pack, the landscape did change. Did you do you remember there, as, as Eric mentioned, the hatred that comes out of the extreme right of the Republican Party? When did you start to I mean, did you notice that from the very beginning or did that start to grow at a certain point? Well, it, yeah, it was I. It, it it definitely grew um, from the 70s into the 80s because don't forget in we had six or eight you know um, Republican progressive Senate U.S. senators. There's Bob Packwood. I know I'm going to miss. Uh, I'm I'm not going to get them all, but from New York, from Maine, from from the from Vermont. I mean, I'm going to. I, I can't remember all the names. Sure. Packwood just comes to mind from Oregon. And they worked very closely. I mean, I, I remind people, the Republican Party of the 70s, um, it was a Republican president that established the, um, that established the environmental 
Protection Agency, which was Richard Nixon. Nixon. It was a Republican congressperson from Texas by the name of George W. Bush that established Title X funding for Planned Parenthood was signed into law by President Richard Nixon. This was the, the Equal Rights Amendment was widely supported by the Republican Party in the 70s and 80s. So the, the kind of, uh, marrying of the right of the evangelical right wingers came came around the 1980s and uh and it just grew from there and you know my personal experiences with this was in the 80s and 90s around the AIDS epidemic i mean the These right wingers were actually saying that that it was okay for gay men to die of AIDS because it was God's punishment. And so I so it was very so that experience of seeing people I know dying and then to hear that that was encouraged and that was a good thing. It actually made it easy for me to transpose and see the violence that was committed against women who were seeking reproductive health care. Because I already had seen it on the left hand uh, a decade or two earlier. And lo and behold, that same attitude that we don't care if you die uh, of a back alley abortion. We don't care that you um, that you, um, you you can't get a miscarriage. So it was very easy for me to see the connection there. So I think that helped a lot. But yeah, but yeah Eric is right about the, you know, we talked earlier about the total disdain for, uh, you know, for for women's reproductive health, with with absolutely no regard for the uh, for the impact. I mean, look at what the what happened with the Texas thing with Ted Cruz and and corn and just totally dodging. They wouldn't make a comment about around it. Kate all. Ta- yeah, talk. Yeah, around Kate. Talk to my press office. I mean, they they couldn't even bring themselves to say anything because they they didn't care. You know, they and they they just wanted to hide and let it happen. And so, um, yeah, so. So people people have to come to terms with what Eric was saying, what we're up against. There's a lot of hate out there. There's the violence that mm-hmm. has come about because of the rhetoric around. I mean, you know, the the um, Colorado Supreme Court justices now have to have 24 yeah. hour security. And, you know, it just goes on and on. So it's uh, so they've it tapped is, into something rabid. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. and we've seen this for a few years. The unhinged reaction when yeah. we were working on the parental notification, uh, the, the the voicemails right. that were left oh, for yes. legislators. Know. Know. It was I it was know. absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, what are you? Uh, what's your sense of? I know that you are working hard. You you've been experienced with uh, what it takes to organize and and to get out and, and communicate with people. What is your plan? I mean, because Terry and I are talking about keeping people energized in, into twenty twenty four. And to sustain that through November 5th. What is your plan uh, to, to keep that momentum and energy going? Well, uh, reach out to voters is obviously your biggest thing. And being like on your doorstep, sending a canvasser to the door and talking face to face with the voter, I think that is the most valuable form of voter contact you have. And especially when you send a young person to their door. So I think a big part of our. Uh, plan heading into 2024 is recruiting young volunteers. Young volunteers, we're energetic. We're, we're ready to go. And when you put a young face on someone's doorstep, it's kind of hard to say no to them. So I think it's, I think that's really the, the integral part of our plan is energizing youth, both at the ballot box and in the uh, volunteer headquarters. Outstanding. And, and what about you, Terry? Is, is there messaging that you're focusing on uh, with uh, Project 50? 
Yeah, I mean, we're focusing on just how, um, you know, how bad things are and how they can be changed. You know, that there is a, you know, there is there is a route uh, to, to make the change. You know? So, I, you know, I want to say one thing about young people. I, it really irritates me, especially knowing someone like Eric and, and Anderson Clayton and all the other young people that are involved that I see, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere is that... 90% of the people who stormed the Normandy beaches were under the age of 21. Yeah. They saved our democracy. They saved us from fascism. So imagine 18, 19, and 20-year-olds were the people that turned World War II around. And when I was in South Africa and in Johannesburg and, uh, you know, a, had a wonderful tour uh, with someone who knew, really knew what they were doing in Nelson Mandela's neighborhood in Soweto and then the Anti-Apartheid Museum, is that the Anti-Apartheid Movement started when 13, 17-year-olds were killed by the police for standing up against apartheid. So, so young people have always been at the heart of of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And when you think of how young Martin Luther King was and, and Bayard Rustin and all the other people. And Freedom Summer. with and the, Yes, the exactly. These were, you know, these were high school, college. I I, I, I shouldn't use the word kids, but now that I'm as old as yeah, I am. Yeah, well, you're a kid, almost Eric. Sorry. Almost I think, everyone's I think okay kid. with that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, so I think it's really important to, for people to understand that we have a tremendous responsibility to support the activism of young people and not disparage, you know, uh, people around their phones are communicating with each other. Sure. You know, it's not something I do very much, but I respect it as a, as a communication tool that people are very comfortable with. We shouldn't, uh, you know, and so there's just so many other examples of like, it just, I have, if you played a Taylor Swift song for me, I wouldn't know it. But the idea that she has a hundred million followers and she's telling them all to register to vote. I mean, and please, really ticking off Republicans. It, yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's another, I don't, I have no idea how old she is, but I assume Maybe she's, either. yeah, in I assume 30s, she's I in her thirties. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think we, we have to be supportive and lift up younger voices rather than looking down on them and think that we know better and we're, uh, you know, and, and we have all the answers. If oh. we did, things wouldn't be this screwed up. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm more embarrassed than anything else when I yeah. look at my son. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, 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 I wasn't know. paying attention. I, I wasn't paying attention. Eric, do you mind hanging out with us for a few moments while I take a break here? Sure thing. Excellent. Eric Willoughby joins us from North Carolina. And we're going to find out when we come back some of the uh, campaigns and, and that he's working with and how we can support the work he's doing. And don't forget to visit Project 50. Terry Cosgrove is working with folks across the country uh, to make sure we elect more people who are going to protect women's autonomy and uh, protect families. That's the other thing we always talk about as well. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. Ladies and gentlemen, Clarence Thomas has been getting these free trips, some of them at the cost of $500,000. He was a guest of a man named Harlan Crow. Sounds like, a, a, quite frankly, a plantation owner. Colonel Harlan Crow of the Mississippi Crows. They're simmer down. They're making too much noise, darling. We're, we can't enjoy our mint juleps. Hal Sparks, Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Alexa, play WCPT. WCPT from TuneIn. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
If uh, you're just coming to this conversation late, I want to remind you that uh, all of our shows are available on SoundCloud, and we just decided we'll be re-airing this show on New Year's Eve because Terry Cosgrove and Eric Willoughby are that dynamic and need to be amplified because <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, we're going to find a little bit more about campaigns that we can help uh, Eric Willoughby with in South in North Carolina. First, I want to turn our attention to the presidential election. Uh, Terry has some thoughts on what needs to be done and how we can get that uh, across the finish line. Yeah, I just want to say two things real briefly, Patty, is that this uh, two things. Number one, this election is about fascism versus democracy. And the point that I want to make to people, if Donald Trump is reelected, there's a very good chance that your show will be off the air. So that's what we're looking at. And also I could possibly be apprehended. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I know that that's something people don't want to think about. Right. But I, could, I know. I yeah. know. But, you know, it's very true. I've been thinking about that, given that he's saying that certain certain media outlets will be banned and that he'll shut them down. And so it is really important that people understand that the I never thought I would um, I would ever agree with uh, uh, with uh, Representative Cheney on anything when she says the only thing that matters is our democracy in this election. And I have to agree with her. I mean, this is, uh, she is right. And, and then the second point to this, I know that, um, you know, the, not everyone is pleased with everything the Biden-Harris team has done. I get that. and um, But I want to point out two things about it. First of all, they have tried really hard, and people forget that this isn't the the previous era where you could work with Republicans, you could come to some consensus and move the country forward. These people are about stopping anything from happening, about thwarting any kind of progress on democracy, on any of the issues that we care about. So to lay the blame at Biden-Harris for, 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 I mean, the perfect example is the student loan. I mean, here they were you know, they move forward to forgive all the student loan debt. And what happens? The Supreme Court slaps them down, which is a Republican right wing court. So I want to end with on this subject before we go back to, you know, Eric and the organizing is regardless of the issue or issues that you care about in whether it's what's going on in the Middle East, whether it's frustration around uh, the environment, around choice, no matter what it could possibly be. Donald Trump will be immeasurably more hostile to the things you believe. It doesn't matter. So so if you want to take it out on Biden Harris by not voting, by not being uh, by not being interested in this election or, you know, voting for a third party candidate, just remember you're helping Donald Trump in his agenda, which is to end reproductive rights, to uh, to destroy the planet, to uh, write a blank check to Netanyahu, if that's what and and. Everything will be immeasurably so much worse than you could possibly imagine that it is today. So I think it's important that people keep that in mind, that that elite, if Biden and Harris are reelected, we are going to have an administration that we can communicate with, that we can make progress with. And if we take back the House, maintain the Senate, even pick up seats in the Senate, then we then we can see an agenda that can move forward. So if this this election is really about the future. It's not about this year. It's going to be what's going to happen after November 5th. What is the country going to look like? And that's what's on the table. And that's why we all have to be completely energized and do the job and, and, and then hold our elected officials accountable when it's all over. I mean, that's really step two. People think, oh, I cast a vote. I did my part. No, we have 
have to all hold our yes. elected officials accountable by constantly, I don't want to use the word harass, but in a very nice way, contacting them, telling what your views are, telling them what you want them to do as your elected um, senator, representative, mayor, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And keep in mind, folks, for anyone who's rolling their eyes now, Terry Cosgrove was ringing the alarm bell about Roe v. Wade being overturned and people rolled their eyes too. Just keep that in mind. I, okay. I, I think we should all take your word seriously is what I'm saying. And Eric Willoughby, uh, one of our champions in North Carolina, a young man who has been fighting tirelessly here in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area, and is now uh, back in North Carolina, uh, making sure that people are engaged and energized. How can we support you, Eric? What can we do to make sure that we get this across the finish line in 2024? Well, North Carolina, as I'm sure you know, we have 15 electoral votes that are constantly a toss-up. We've got a really, really big governor's race, actually. In, in 24, we have uh, Josh Stein is the Democrat. If you want, you go to his website. That's joshstein.org, J-O-S-H-S-T-E-I-N.org. Uh, he is the Democrat or the presumptive Democrat that will be running against a fellow named Mark Robinson. And Mark Robinson, he is our lieutenant governor here in North Carolina. And uh, if you think Donald Trump is bad, I didn't think it could get worse. But Mark Robinson showed us that it can get worse. Uh, Mark Robinson has said that he believes homosexuality is filth. He, the most anti-Semitic things have come out of this man's mouth. He is bad for democracy, which means he's bad for North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, other ways you can help, uh, ncdp.org is the uh, website for the North Carolina Democratic Party. We can always use money, and we can always use your time. We're going to be setting up text banking and phone banking operations soon that I'm sure you'll be able to uh, access through that website. And, I mean, anything you can give, 10 20 30 $40, anything you've got, we can take for sure. Because North Carolina, I believe, is at the forefront of the battle for democracy. I can't thank you both enough for your hard work, for your passion. I want to do whatever we can to uh, continue to uplift and support what you're doing. And I want to have these conversations at least once every month, if not more often, twice a month, whatever it takes, uh, whenever your schedules allow. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. It was a wonderful surprise to hear your voice. Uh, We are absolutely thrilled with what you're doing. Terry, we owe such a a, a debt of gratitude to you. Uh, Thank you. Will never be enough. Uh, but I'm going to do a say it again. Thank you so much. Thank well, you for joining us. My this, honor. This conversation will be re-aired on New Year's uh, New Year's Day, everyone. So thank you so much, Eric. Happy New Year, Eric. Happy, Happy New Year, Terry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. A lot of work ahead of us, and we're going to get it done. Thank you, Lady B. Have a wonderful evening. Mike Crutes up next with Devil's Advocates, followed by Matt McNeil. Bye, everyone.